This is the Ian Sigmund Show. What's going on? Hope you guys are having a beautiful day. Welcome back to the Ian Simmons Show. Today, I have a very potent episode today. Five steps to become more. This is from an article that I wrote on my Substack, and I thought it was really good, so I wanted to bring it here and share it with all you guys. With that said, let's get into it. Failure is from a lack of clarity. The reason why most people fail is because they trade what they want most for what they want at the moment. Listen to that again. The reason most people fail is because they trade what they want most for what they want at the moment. When you practice escapism or chasing pleasure, you are saying how I feel for this moment is more important than how I feel for the remainder of my life. Think about that. You have an entire life to live. Would you rather feel happy for one second or would you rather feel happy for two seconds? It's obvious, right? When you're doing these things that you know directly have harm to the path you want to go on or the mentality you approach the day with you are selling for your good feelings right now you are selling your future and your life you want to live and i know i think a lot of people are in situations where you know it's hard to be constantly in the present moment doing the best thing every moment of the day and doing that like it's okay to be upset it's okay to have problems in your life it's okay to feel like you need help But what you have to understand is when you numb yourself, you're not actually solving the problem. It's like crying, right? You sometimes need an emotional release and it's, it's perfectly normal to need emotional release. But if you have the expectation that that emotional release is going to solve the problem and it's just going to magically go away, that's delusion. So what you need to do is consciously be unconscious consciously when you're going to pleasure be conscious of you doing it and say i'm going to do this for this one video instead of doom scrolling be like i'm going to give myself an hour on this app or doing this whatever thing and i'm going to after the fact find a way to cope with this and deal with this and even if it's not actually solving the problem because maybe you don't know how maybe there's a lot going on maybe you're not sure you're just going to start putting focus and thought energy into solving it you need to think about the pleasure-seeking behaviors as what is the cost of continuing this behavior for the rest of my life? If you keep giving in to irrational or uncontrolled urges, what will it look like when you try to run a business? You know, there's going to be times where that employee was talking a little bit too much. They might be your best breadwinner and they're getting all these people in, but he did one thing that pissed you off. And because you haven't handled being pissed off or in a bad mood well, you decide to fire him and then your company is missing out on that amazing employee. That wasn't a great analogy, but that's the general gist of what I'm trying to get across. And the thing about doing stuff like that is what you need to realize is every decision you make is entered into the web of you. Every decision you make is entered into the web of you. When you do something that you know you shouldn't be doing and you like, how do you think about yourself after the fact? Like that's just apparent. And normally the bad feeling you'd get from not doing that isn't as bad as the feeling you get after the fact when you realize that you've done it. But to reiterate on what I was saying, like every decision is entered in the web of you. It bleeds into your self image and everywhere else. Like if you mess up, let's say, I don't know, I didn't show up for work cause I didn't feel like it. I, I clearly have a lazy mentality towards the day and then I'm in a bad mood cause I missed out on my work session or whatever. And then my mom says something and I'm already in an irritable mood and I get pissed off because I didn't tend to that responsibility. That thing I knew I needed to do. I'm more receptive and irritable to be mad to other things that come in my day. I lose my flow. So just make sure 
that you understand that everything you're doing gets entered into a web. And if this kind of stuff called you out, it was really only just to make you more aware. Like just have this motivate you to realize that you have a lot of blockages. You have a lot of strong preferences that cause you misery and make you feel like you need to find pleasure, which most of us have. We all, I have them for Christ's sake. Like everyone has them in every capacity. So what you need to do is find your relationship with them. What's making you miserable about it and change your perspective. And then what you could do on top of that, like the level of another level of that is find more sustainable sources of happiness. So you don't need to feel like you need to have this to feel okay in this. And it's going to cause you so much misery because you can be happy before success and you can be happy while you're stressed and you do not need to operate out of lack when you haven't achieved a level of success yet. Most people just think they do. I'm going to talk more a little bit about that later. Uh, I'm going to roll into the second step uh, real quick. So let's do it. Um, the second step is stop being bothered. Who you are, your identity, your likes and dislikes, everything you do in a single day, believe it or not, is based on avoiding the things that bother you. If you want to get money, you either hate being poor or you hate not being able to help people or you hate being perceived in a certain way that's associated with poor. There's a list of things there. You should be able to describe yours for your things that you're very attached to. If you speak, if you speak in a smart way, smart way, it's because you hate sounding dumb. You hate the perceived long-term implications of not being perceived as smart and just something in that regard. That is the level of depth that you need to have within your desires. And as long as you have those desires, those super strong desires, you're always going to have a level of energy that's being put into maintaining that image. That's why you feel weird when you sound dumb. That's why when you're having a conversation with someone and you're like less conscious uh, and you, 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 you realize that you get this like scared internal feeling because you have a very strong desire to sound smart and you're, you're going to actually use energy in, into instead of sounding smart, you're going to use energy into making sure you sound smart, which actually takes away energy from sounding smart in the first place. But that's until you stop being bothered. Stop running from the things you can't stand. Stop feeling like you're scared and it can't happen this way. And start looking at them as opportunities to grow and become more. Well, as I said, it's only the attachment to these things that bring on the bad feelings when you don't do them properly. Otherwise, you would just simply improve without needing to have your, uh, I do this too, so no offense taken, but you don't need to have your internal soap opera over it. Most people live under the delusion if they don't get pissed, they won't change. And I think this couldn't be further from the truth because when you get angry, think of all the energy you put into your emotions and just having it your way and brute forcing and just doing it, doing it and getting it done rather than actually doing the best pass to solve the problem. For example, like my dad the other day, like he walked into the, the, the kitchen and I pay for my own groceries and he was like, I had this chicken sitting on the counter and he's like, I am going to eat this chicken. Uh, I'm going to have some of your chicken. Sorry. Um, and I was like, wait, no, because like I, I, and when I said no, what I was really saying is like, could you ask me in a more respectful manner that respected my boundaries? But me saying no was like an emotional cover for my internal vulnerability. And he got mad. He responded to that like, you're not grateful, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, the pro then I was, then I realized like I was starting to get angry and I've actually coded in my mind that anger is a reason to introspect and feel like, what are the real stuff that I'm feeling? I don't want to make a general statement. Like you're an asshole dad. No, I was like, 
what I said when you do, when you when you when you when you say stuff in that matter and you act like you deserve it, it makes me feel like there's a lack of respect and having that lack of respect for the carry on of our entire relationship would have problems for me. Uh, and that's me needing a level of respect from him that I covered with being like that I would have covered with my anger by saying you just you're being an asshole. Right. So it's really about not putting your energy into that anger and asking yourself, what am I really experiencing right now? And how can I voice that in a way that actually solves the problem? And if it's nothing right, I'll touch on that in a second. Actually, the reason you get angry at stuff like that, like the, when your dad takes your chicken, the driver in front of you, when you lose a nice pair of shoes is only because you've conditioned yourself to be mad. You've told yourself that unless I have these things in check, I cannot be happy. But there's a version within every single person listening to this who does not need to be attached to things to be happy. Have you ever considered that you could be happy while you're stressed or you could get rejected from something that really matters and that really sucks and you could still be happy? And there's an example in each and every one of you listening's life that proves this to be true. You know when something has pissed you off and then all of a sudden, like a, something funny happens or something happens, a big joke, whatever, and you break a smile and you're like laughing, you're in a good mood. And the second you realize that you're supposed to be upset or that you've lost something, that's when you go back to your misery. It's once you realize, oh, wait, I'm supposed to be upset. And all that is, is conditioning. You have conditioned yourself to need these things to be happy. Or if you lose this, your life isn't good to be, your life isn't going to be good. You need to find your poison and what's actually bothering the voice inside your head and let it go. Every time you felt anxiety or any kind of pain in the past, after enough time, you've learned to accept it and you've gotten back to where you are now and you've gotten back to a healthier mind state. Every time you felt anxiety or been sad in the past, you've gone back to being fine after enough time to accept it. The aim here is through understanding, turn that time into it of accepting into basically none. And that's through not realizing it doesn't really bother you in the first place. You've accepted that you already have enough in your life and that anything can happen. And you're going to begin. And the way to do that is you find happiness and gratitude within things that cannot be taken away from you. And whenever you lose things, remind yourself how lucky you are to have what you already have. A quick little list of things in my life is like, dude, if you do any research on this, we all came from stars, consciousness, our bodies, the function of our bodies. It all came from stars exploding and then the gas from that getting closer and closer and boom, life, whatever. That's fucking crazy. The fact that from that process over billions of years, and if one thing was different, I probably wouldn't be alive. Like just the fact I get to have this experience and I get to have a cognitive mind competence. I get to do the things I want to do each day. It's, it's, that's enough for me. I'm okay if I lose everything else. I'm okay if I'm homeless. I'm okay if I'm on the side of the street. That's all I need. And that allows me to operate from a place of happiness and not from a place of lack. And that makes me less susceptible to giving into all these negative forces around me that are happening. When the world's on fire, you need to learn to be okay. And that's hard. The reason that's hard is because our minds are innately hardwired to obsess over losses and fixate on negatives. 
And the reason for that is because that's how we survived in tribal, tribal times. If you were, if there was a bush right there and someone heard a rustle in it, and it's like, oh, it's a bunny. And the other person was like, that's a tiger. I'm out of here. And it, the one in 10 times it happens to be a tiger, the person that thought it was a bunny died. And the person that was negative thinking lived. We're programmed that way. And there's a whole plethora of other examples. I would really recommend diving into like the development of the human psych uh, because you can find a whole number of examples that prove that you are conditioned naturally to fixate on negatives. But the thing is from that is now from those travel times, we experience the same whenever we lose something, even if it's something we can live without. Our brains just aren't wired to acknowledge that and pay attention to everything else good in our lives when things go wrong. You could literally have the perfect life. And if you don't do this work, when you lose one thing that plays a role in that life, you'll be upset about it, no matter how great everything else is. It's crazy. And that's until you do this work. Realize how much you already have that you could be grateful for. Stop comparing yourself to another person's havings. There is always going to be someone higher up on the ladder. And if you make those judgments based on other people's havings and yours, you are always going to be miserable. This is a judgment you need to make completely within yourself. And when you do that, it creates a space where you can learn from your experiences and grow and you don't need to suffer from an emotional soap opera every time you lose one little thing. Step three, rolling in, observe yourself as if you were another. You won't ever have perfect thought clarity as long as you deem your thoughts as your own. Ian, what are you talking about? Deem your thoughts as your own. That's ridiculous. Like, what do you mean my thoughts are my own? Like, this is just like, what do you, what, what does that even apply about myself? Hold on a second. Deeming them as your own is like an instant bypass to any legit check. And that's why I say that. And the reason for that is because I think you need legit checks to be happy. The reason for that <laughs> is you don't choose what specific thoughts to have ever. You never choose what thought you want to have. They just arise from where you're pointing your attention. The only time you choose what thoughts you have want to have is when you have patterns memorized in your brain. And every other time, think of it like this. If I ask you to name a random celebrity, the first one you think of, you just pull one out of your pool of memories. It's not like in advance you choose what celebrity you were going to come up with and say. You do not choose that thought. It's coming from your experiences, your learned experiences and your pool of memories. You did not choose to think of that specific celebrity. It just came out of your pool of thoughts. So what does that imply for your happiness and your well-being? Well, even if you have an amazing life, if you're focusing, you're, where, what I like to say is where your attention goes, your thoughts flow. And there's always negative things to think of. So even if you have a perfect life, let's say, I don't know, you're focusing on this one problem go, going wrong, you're going to flow all your thoughts into that crevice and you're going to continually feel bad because 99% of your bad emotions can only exist if there's a thought attached to it. Um, and the, the one opposite is when your amygdala gets activated, which is the flight or flight thing. And then that can have bad thoughts, like without, like can have bad emotions without thought, but that's, that's a whole nother story. Uh, well, that is relevant to this story, but you know what I mean? If you don't choose what thoughts you have, that has serious implications. If you're just trusting every single thought that you're having is one that's worthwhile, worth your attention and worth giving into like 
And that's why I, I stress it's super important to have legit checks or, you know, when you have this normal thing that you've built up condition to respond to, like your telephone ringing, like one time, just let it ring. Don't go answer it. Like, cause that is the same thing. You are not giving into every thought and every pattern that your brain tells you is relevant. You need to give into, and you need to get to that level of clarity and you need to not deem every single thing and impulse that you have as your own and you need to give it a little bit of a question to it. And when you do this work, you'll notice when you're trying to compare the, the value of doing this work is you'll notice when you're trying to compare yourself to other people to prove your worth. You'll notice when you're in power struggles and displays of dominance, you'll notice all these things. And what's important to note is that these are hardwired into us as a species. It's not necessarily you doing this. And you might think that power struggles, dominance, and all these things aren't really a problem. And this is my perspective on that and you can take from it if you will um the main issue is when you feel good after comparisons power dominance greed lust you're feeding your soul with poison you are demanding something from the universe to feel that goodness inside you need the world to be arranged in this way to make you deem fit and get that good feeling on the contrary when you exercise go into nature meditate or whatever you aren't needing or demanding anything from the universe. You're not telling it to align in a certain way to make you happy. You are just experiencing peace and happiness by taking in the outside world and experiencing it. You don't need it to be a certain way. One is much better than the other. And depending on the type of food you nourish your soul with, you will become a very different person. Either one who's sustainably happy with clarity or bipolar and confused. You can pick which one you want, but I've always picked sustainability. Uh, that kind of has a little like bitchy petty vibe to it ignore that shit i'm just speaking because i'm speaking it's good vibes <laughs> and with that i'm gonna repeat that again depending on the type of food that you nourish your soul and the types of things that make you feel good you will become a very different type of person number four emotions pick up with speed the only reason people fail is because they try to do too much too fast. When you become aware of problems in the first place, most of the time it's because you've turned on this problem seeking mode part of your brain. Because before that you were just obsessed with the present moment, enjoying the happenings and then boom, you thought of a problem. Okay. What does this mean? Okay. Now there's another problem, another problem, another problem. This is a super important function of the human mind because without realizing and becoming aware of problems, you can't solve them and your life would just get worse and worse continually, continually, and you won't know why. But the issue is that you become painfully aware of three to four to five to six problems at once. Then in an attempt to run from those problems and change who you are, mo well, most people get into that, like, let's get to it, let's go, woohoo, healthy, cold showers, starting a business, lifting seven days a week, from now on, every day, I'm getting it done. And by next week, you're done. No shit. You tried everything at once and you didn't set any realistic expectations on how to manage your energy. You only have so much of that crazy stuff, right? So if you try to do everything at once, it's going to use so much energy and you're going to question, why am I even doing this? Is it worth it? If you've ever had that kind of self-talk, first, it's been programmed with you in your entire life because like life and growing up and being a baby and the blah, 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 you're helpless. So you need other people to solve your problems. But second is because you took on too much at once. And there's a way to find a healthy balance of taking on improvement to where you will never fail because you're always doing what you're capable of doing. And you can eventually buy those metrics, get as good as you want to be at anything. 
the reason most people rush is because they're scared of who they used to be or they don't have faith in their ability to commit to something and do it over the long term. That's valuable. So here's the fix. When you find out you have six problems and you're in problem seeking mode, write them all out and what you think the solutions to each problem would be individually. Keyword think because you're not going to know all the answers in the beginning. You're only going to have thoughts about how to do it. And it's until you get that problem solving cycle in motion that you become more aware of possible better ways to solve it. It's just like a business. If you start a business, right? And you go into it and you're like, oh, I don't know how to make this business successful. Well, you're never going to think about it by not running the business. If you run the business, you'll be more aware of like, okay, we could try doing this different. We could try doing this different. Maybe we're doing this wrong. And you begin to paint the picture of what it means to actually run that business, what you can do better. So that's the same way you need to attack your problems. Write it all out, write every single problem and every solution that you think is the right thing. And now you have a storage place that you can constantly reference stuff. No more jolts of panic saying, oh my God, I have all these problems. Uh, no, you need to learn who your enemies are by writing them down. Now go each week or whatever time frame you need to solve each problem, trying to put that solution in place one thing at a time. And if it doesn't work, take the next week to try something differently. And or week or month or whatever it takes, try to do something differently. And the, the self-assurance you get from knowing that you are going to progressively tackle all your problems, it gives you another level of confidence first. Like it's very good to have that level of confidence that like you don't feel like this flawed being that's broken and helpless because you know that you have these problems you're aware of and you're gonna try to solve them at the very least. It gives you a level of, that gives you a better self-image than if you were just little to let them rip behind the corner. Uh, and make sure what you're continuing is realistic. Make sure it's some amount of energy that you could be giving each week to solve those problems because or else you won't. Like if you're just saying right off rip, I'm going to go seven days a week to the gym and you have this busy work schedule, you have kids and all these responsibilities, you are never going to commit to that seven days. And the second you only go six days a week instead of seven, you open a little door. You open a little door of that you can that you see now and you can always go through it and you can skip a day. The next time you're like, oh, no, I don't need to go for two days next week. And it's the second you don't do what you say you're going to do. You open that door that allows for vulnerability, bad thoughts and giving in when the time isn't feeling good. So make sure you make a rigid schedule that is not intense on your energy and you commit to it no matter what. There's some obvious fluctuation based off the extremity of the habit you're trying to pick up. If you fail, go back and take a month. Okay, fail again, three months, you know, try different solutions, try this, try that. Your brain can only be filled so much information at a time and trying to change everything at once just leads to disaster. Number five, this is the last and final rule. I think this has been a really good episode so far. This is exciting stuff. Uh, but the final rule is environment. I'm going to start this off with two stories that I think kind of paint the picture of environment to you and why it might be relevant. So we're going to go with chocolate. The only reason you eat or like chocolate is because based on your experiences with chocolate, you expect it to be sweet. That means if you never had or heard of chocolate before, you'd see the bar and be like, hmm, why would I want this thing? So if you were raised in an environment where you're surrounded by chocolate or where you weren't surrounded by chocolate, you wouldn't even contemplate going after that piece of chocolate. You can only seek what you're aware of is worth seeking. I should probably put right here, like the relevance of that. 
but what that means is where you put yourself completely comprises what you learn discover and who you become because you can only learn discover and become what you're aware of and you become aware of new things just by the happenings of life but what your environment shows you is extremely important for that right if you're surrounded by drug addicts and weed guys there might be this one drug that really gets your thing going that you never would have realized if you weren't them on the contrary if you're with these business guys maybe one of them's talking about this business opportunity that sounds super interesting to you and you find your passion for life that will provide you income and take care of your family you become aware of what your environment is. And that's why it's important to curate a conducive, goal-conducive, physical and digital environment. If you hang around people that waste, that are wasting their lives away and aren't happy, you will by consequence begin to develop an awareness or consciousness that's more biased towards unhappiness with a lack of direction. No matter how grounded and how good you are, you by association with those people will eventually slowly start picking up their patterns of thought, speech patterns, blah, blah, blah. That will push you in that direction a little bit. On the contrary, if you surround yourself by individuals who are driven, positive, focused on personal growth, you're more likely to adopt similar energy and attitudes. In a similar respect, digital environment is equally important in today's day and age the digital world can expose you to infinite amounts of valuable information through inspiring content and constructive and constructive interactions online can significantly shape your experiences and augment your knowledge on the contrary it can be used to melt and overstimulate your mind becoming bored of the outside world because oh my god i've been watching porn for nine hours today and i've been watching youtube for 20 hours now when i go talk to my mom like you're like nothing like you're not you're not hitting my dopamine senses in my brain it's not interesting to talk to you because i just went through this whole shit it can ruin you it can ruin you but the most important rule with all of it is the mentality you take going into that environment okay hold on a second because that wasn't necessarily relevant to what i was i was a lead-in for the next part of the conversation we're gonna end that and i'm gonna talk about how you can have a bad environment, but actually make it good. And the most important rule for that is the mentality you take going into the environment. To explain, if I have a bad relationship with my parents because they're angry people, and I go back to my home with the normal, I'm associated with them family mindset, it's highly likely I will grow angry and get angry in response to them. And I will make myself miserable because they're saying all these things, they're putting limits on me. They're making me feel a certain way because they're reacting like this, reacting like that. And if I tell that, if I like feed into that and I'm like, this is blah, blah, blah. I will make myself miserable. If I, if I respond to that, just like assuming with no, with no prior thought about the situation, I will probably respond in a manner that encourages the anger, negativity, doesn't actually solve the problem and just makes myself feel better in the moment. However, if I approach it with the mentality of they're gonna provoke me and it will be much easier to get angry when I'm back in that environment. But no matter what, when I get angry, I will take it as training to control myself and become more aware of the uncontrolled emotions I have and I will always do my best to control myself. Every time I cave and I give in to anger, I will also think about why and begin to understand this part of me that's automatic. And right there, I have not blamed the angry people on them. But I, t I like I'm not being like, I can't believe they're angry. I can't believe they're making my home life. No, I'm saying this is an opportunity for growth. And now instead of diving into that anger, I will 
always have this mentality that allows me to change this negative environment into something positive that will have positive benefits in every other realm of my life. If you approach the situation with that mindset, you'd crush it. What you'll find is the same environment can be an opportunity to ascend to heaven or crash down into hell. It really all just depends on your mindset. This rule goes for a digital tool. You, you could be watching the greatest content on the planet for growth, like the literally best business advice ever. But if you found it in search of mindless stimulation and you have the mentality of just watching something to watch something, you're not going to get anything from it. You're going to stay the same. And in fact, you'll get worse because you're starting to take you're starting to normalize taking in information and not doing it seriously and not trying to learn from it. So when there's good, like imagine that, like you have you just because you just mindlessly watch good content, there's this Harvard professor that knows everything and literally everything you need in life. And because you've normalized not taking in information seriously, just some some conscious part of your mind, you're not going to listen to him as seriously as if you didn't mindlessly watch those good videos in the past. For the most part, summary, for the most part, you should surround yourself with individuals and content conducive or energized for growth and expansion and approach them with the right mentalities. These things will help you bring a lot of joy out of your life. And I really hope this episode was good for all of you. Hope these five things were helpful. Have a great day, guys. Take care.